0: Welcome to Frank Friar Fridays. This is Father Patrick by Bajkowskis broadcasting from St. Dominic Priory in St. Louis, Missouri. And I was going to talk today about the uh, 20th anniversary of the um, tragedy on September 11th. But I think I'm going to do that next week because it's a sort of involved talk tying in some of my experiences as a missionary of mercy. So today, instead, I'm going to be reflecting on my class reunion, which is going to begin today on Friday and continue through the weekend. This is a biggie. It was supposed to be last year when we were celebrating our 50th high school reunion. I can't (laughs) hardly say those words in total shock, but we had to postpone it a year, so it's going to be... Uh, this weekend, and it'll be actually 51 years since we graduated. And I was reflecting a bit on um, 50 years of, of uh, well, more than 50 years of life, but the things that our class, the class of 1970 from Crete High School in Crete, Illinois, the sorts of things that we grew up with and experienced in our lives, some of these things I've already touched on in previous episodes when I was going through my biography. But I was recalling other things and maybe a greater emphasis on others, sort of tying in some of these experiences. But before we get too far into that, let's begin with a prayer. And this is for older people. and I, I have a brother, Michael Mascari, who who is constantly chiding me because I'm not embracing my 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 aging process, <laughs> and I guess I'm not. But I just it, it's still a little bit difficult for me to put my arms around it completely. But I think this is a lovely prayer for those of us who are getting on in our years. I thank you, Lord, for the comfort of your presence, even in times of loneliness. You are my hope and my confidence. You have been my rock and my fortress since my youth. I thank you for having given me a family and for having blessed me with a long life. I thank you for moments of joy and difficulty, for the dreams that have already come true in my life, and for those that are still ahead of me. I thank you for this time of renewed fruitfulness to which you call me. Increase, O Lord, my faith. Make me a channel of your peace. Teach me to embrace those who suffer more than me. To never stop dreaming and to tell of your wonders to new generations. Protect and guide Pope Francis and the church that the light of the gospel might reach the ends of the earth. Send your spirit, O oh Lord, to renew the world that the storm of the pandemic might be calmed, the poor consoled, and wars ended. Sustain me in weakness and help me to live life to the full in each moment that you give me in the certainty that you are with me every day even until the end of the age. Amen. I, I like that prayer very much. And so let's begin with the, the year I was born, 1952, was uh, uh, things that certainly I don't remember. But there are th- things that I think that sort of bookmark this class of 1970, President Eisenhower had just been elected president. Queen Elizabeth was crowned Queen of England in 1952. We were, for the most part, the children of World War II veterans. Maybe some of the younger younger of us had uh, parents that were involved in the Korean conflict. And we were uh, born into an epidemic. Uh, The polio epidemic, and well, I don't remember certainly what was going on in the early and mid-50s. I do remember the vaccines coming along, first the Salk vaccine and then the the Sabin vaccine and how everyone clamored to get it, especially when the Sabin vaccine came out because it was an oral vaccine. So it was much easier to administer, I remember us lining up uh, to get the the oral vaccine and there was no question about everyone wanting it even though the saving vaccine could result in, because it was what's called a live vaccine, um, you wouldn't necessarily get it but you could pass on the polio but that didn't stop people from getting it because they saw the advantages to universal vaccination. Um, pope Paul, or I'm sorry, Pope Pius the 12 was pope when we were elected. And then in 1958, uh, John John the twenty third was elected. And even though I was still a child, I I remember this sort of plump, let's say. <laughs> Robust. How about that? I know he liked to eat. I read that. You know, it's much later in my life when I was reading his autobiography. He did love. He did love food. Loved his pasta. Really, he loved French food too. But what a jolly presence he was! this smiling face. I think pious, especially at the end, just a little bit on the dour side. But John the Twenty-Third was anything but. And. So it's kind of a special connection as Catholics, and and, you know, because of course, in 1960, John Kennedy was elected as the first Catholic president. Oh, I I don't want to skip 1959 because that was my first White Sox game, and what a year to go to your first White Sox game because they went to the World Series, of course, against the um, LA Dodgers, and the Dodgers won, but still, you know, great memories of. You know, Louis know, Aparicio and Nellie Fox. And, of course, on the other side, Sandy Koufax. And who knows? Maybe this will be another year when the Dodgers and the, the White Sox meet again. Wouldn't that be lovely? Whoever <laughs> whoever is there, I, I hope it's the Chicago White Sox. We're having a great year. Uh, then, it, yeah, as they mentioned, it's 1960. You know, John F. Kennedy is elected. And, and I think a, a great sense of optimism. We have this, this uh, young... Uh, man um, elected president and, and a catholic and it was a, it was very much of a big deal for for us as catholics to have finally after the you know, what, 175 years that there would be a catholic elected as president of the United States but of course then um, sadly in 1963 um, that ended. In 1963 also um, uh, John, John the 23rd died. So it was sort of a, a, you know, a whammy to us on our hitting this high that the Catholics had experienced in the um, early 1960s with Pope John the 23rd and John Kennedy, the two Johns, um, being in such important positions as Catholics and both of them dying in the same year. Of course, that iconic moment in, in November the 23rd, 19, 21st, 1963, I, I, I didn't look it up either. I didn't just remember it so well. And I talked about that in a, a previous episode, how very, very uh, iconic that moment became. You mm-hmm. know, if you speak of anyone of age at that, uh, in that uh, period, we would remember where we were when we heard that John Kennedy had been shot and then, and then died later that day. And I think some ways cast a, a certain, uh, set a certain tone for the, for the, the 1960s, there, there's these ups and downs. Um, uh, certainly the, the Vietnam War started to become more and more a, a presence in our, our, our lives. During the 1960s, uh, there though there were ups as well. John Kennedy had set us on a course to to uh, conquer space, and uh, by 1969, that had been accomplished. But the intervening periods were marked by a lot of a lot of challenges in our in our world. I mean, in high school, in the 1960s I remember very well. Uh, the, the convention going on in 1968, uh, uh, in the Democratic Convention in, in Chicago, and all of the violence that occurred there, uh, setting the stage for more violence uh, in our country. 1969, of course, we did land on the moon, and I think that was clearly a, 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 one of the highlights of the 1960s to kind of end the decade on that, that the challenge that John Kennedy had put forward was was uh, met um, and also though um, you know and, um, as we're getting to the end of my time in high school um, I remember Shirley Strandberg and I there was the first earth day occurred in 1970 the year that we graduated from high school and it was in April and Shirley Strandberg and I went to she's a dear friend of mine from High school and, and uh, grade school as well, and we went to Chicago for the first Earth Day. It was this big demonstration. It wasn't called Daily Plaza then. I think it was called the Civic Center Plaza. Anyway, where what is now the Daily Plaza, and I remember here was a very peaceful demonstration. I remember so clearly that entire plaza being lined with policemen shoulder to shoulder totally surrounding us. I I wasn't really intimidated by it. Well maybe I was. I mean I just never seen something like that. So it's a show of force. And for what? For really something that was designed and stayed peaceful throughout. But what happens a few days later? um, What's still called the the Kent State Massacre um, in early May students protesting against the the war in Vietnam uh, were killed on campus of a small school in Ohio. Um, You know I was to graduate in a couple weeks and here you see on television uh, I can I can picture it so clearly that young woman on a hill in Kent State uh, bending over her friend had been shot and killed and her with her mouth open in anguish. Um, So that's how we we uh, left our high school days in the midst of all this the challenges of the um, Vietnam War and the, the protests and I go to Bradley University and certainly we don't get away from it because we entered then with uh, Kent State very fresh on our minds and a lot of uh, tension, protests going on. Um, The um, lottery was uh, part of our life. We were, uh, as young men, I think it was just strictly men. I'm sure it was. uh, We were subject to um, a lottery that we could be uh, drafted. Uh, and sent to, to Vietnam, and that was for those of us that were uh, born in 1952. That was uh, what was we experienced in uh, uh, our freshman year. And I got, you know, my, my twin brother and I learned very early on that we were, our numbers were going to be high enough that we were going to be, be called and what a great relief uh, that was. But still. Um, Very 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 scary time, and it continued throughout our entire college career. the 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 lottery ended with our uh, ending uh, in college, and then the Vietnam War um, wound down. It it finally um, ended in in uh, the mid '70s. Um, You know the the um, Uh, Other thing that occurred, of course, during my time in college was uh, the Watergate break-in, which was in 1972. I wasn't as involved in politics then, but certainly came to be uh, much more uh, uh, immersed in uh, political life But when I moved to Washington, D.C. But, you know, it was interesting. I looked this up. Because I thought, gosh, you know, that Watergate, I, I, I wonder how many people actually know what happened at Watergate. I'm not going to go into all that. There was a break-in at the, the Democratic headquarters. It was engineered by the, the, the Nixon campaign. But you know that there's almost 400 things, scandals, always scandals. With the word "gate" after it, all starting with that Watergate break. And gosh, can't we come up with something more creative? And it's not just in the United States. There are probably just as many things. In I was looking at this in Scotland and in Africa and Asia and South America, all over, ending in gates. I mean, come on, people, let's get, let's get a little bit more creative. And. You know, certainly on the lighter side, the 1970s was certainly marked by my disco, which I enjoyed very much. Uh, I didn't so much enjoy the disco demolition at Comiskey Park in 1979, although you can look it up on YouTube. It's quite funny to think that it captured people's imagination so much. Uh, 1980, Ronald Reagan was elected, and, and, you know, it does... um, I think in my mind, there's there's a sort of, um, peaceful period, except for the fact that one thing that the 1981, the AIDS epidemic began, and certainly a very uh, difficult and traumatic time uh, for um, many people. That I'm trying to understand that, and of course 1981, that was exactly 40 years ago this year, and. It went unmarked, that I recall. I don't remember anyone really commenting much on the fact that it had been 40 years since it had first been identified. And here we are, um, for those of us in my lifetime. We were born into a pandemic. And then, in the midst of our uh, lives then, um, is another pandemic that still has 35 40 million people living uh, with AIDS worldwide it's still something that we're dealing with uh, 40 years later certainly the you know I think the, when we look at the highlights at the end of the 80s and I think maybe that's why we wax so nostalgic by the times of Reagan because we saw the collapse of the of the of the Soviet Union um, we saw uh, uh, Tiananmen Square in 1989 uh, apartheid ended uh, at the end of the 1980s um, but then um, uh, we have the experience of the Gulf War and thankfully albeit, um, very brief I think that we are um, when we you know I, I of course my career in Washington DC ended with um, the first Bush administration. So, uh, when Clinton was sworn in one thousand, nine hundred and ninety-three, I then returned um, home to Illinois, as many of you know, and uh, began a, really another political career there. Um, but you know, it 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 is, I think, a telling comment on. Many of you know I worked in public administrations, but the last time that we had any uh, surpluses in the United States federal government was between 1998 and 2001. Uh, and it wasn't a Republican that <laughs> was president. Uh, the, uh, the the challenges that we're, we're, we're facing now uh, continue to I think be um, uh, challenges that we've seemed to face throughout my lifetime with with now a new pandemic and something that we marked um, 50 years ago uh, plus uh, was Earth Day recognizing I think uh, in for for some people mind if you look at the, the, the the demonstrations that occurred on Earth Day in 1970, there was a there was a, a very significant awareness that we had to do something about our 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 environment. Uh, and what have we done in the last uh, 50 years? Um, you know, there was a, a brief period during the, the the Clinton administration when we were talking about peace dividend, dividends. That's what those surpluses were called, peace dividends. That you know, the the Soviet Union had collapsed and and the Chinese seemed to be on the ropes as the Tiananmen Square, although that was short lived. But um, we 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 continue to face these these pandemics and we uh, hope hopefully not lost sight of the things that we need to do as people concerned about the future of our 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 nation and our world. And how do we respond as Christians? Sometimes I feel like we um, we get exhausted and forget that we are still called to recognize that no matter what age we are, uh, our call as Christians is to continue to respond uh, to to those who are poor and those who are continuing to Suffer from AIDS and now the, the, the ravages of the, the coronavirus pandemic. And how are we going to respond to that? And how are we going to respond to food shortages and other impacts that are going to result because of global warming? I think now more than ever, it calls us as as Christians to be to be witnesses. And, and I mark this for my 50 years as a um, graduate of, of Mooney High School and look at the, our, our history and, and what brought us together and what continues to bring us together. The, the highs and the lows. maybe The, the lows often stand out, but there's been, there's been great successes as well. But there needs to be more. And we, I think, as, as people who I hope are called to, to love one another in a very, um, a very concrete way, we'll continue to demonstrate that throughout our lives, however we may be called to as that at prayer I uh, shared with you at the beginning, that uh, hopefully we will continue to bear fruit in building up our, our communities and our country and our world. God bless you all. See you next week.